I'm titling this talk today, uh, If Then. If then. If this happens, then. If, if everything just works itself out, then I will. Uh, if they finally get a vaccine for COVID-19, then. If, if, uh, if everything goes well with the sale, uh, then. Then. Then, do you feel that emotion rise up within you as I'm saying that if, if only, if, if, if only this would take place, then I would, then we would, then they would. There's this sort of feeling that rises up within us that if these things happen, uh, then we can have some sense of relief. some sense of peace, some sense of hope, joy. It's the if-then uh, sort of tyranny we live under. It's a mindset. It's a, it, it's a hope deferred, as the proverb says, that makes you sick. Do you know what I'm talking about? Hope deferred. Hope always in the future. It's the if-then tyranny of our day. Uh, I think about this passage in Mark chapter 10, and that's what I want to look at this morning is Mark chapter 10, and we're going to read from verse 17 all the way to 31. Chapter 10, verse 17, and on. All right, so verse 17, as Jesus started, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call this? answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commands. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honor, and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go and sell and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then. Come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around to his disciples how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Verse 29, truly I tell you, Jesus replied, 
who has left. Actually, I, I uh, did not I skipped over verse 28. Hang on a second. Let me go to the verse 28. Verse 28, then Peter spoke up. We have left everything to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, fields, children, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and last, uh, and the last will be first. So, notice the flow of this. I don't know if you caught it. There's a few um, strange things that are said here that um, clarification. First of all, Jesus is called good teacher, and he responds with. Why do you call me good? No one is good except for God. So this is a bit confusing. It's always been confusing for for me. Each time I read it, I have to come back to what is going on here. Uh, Remember we had talked about last week, uh, subject-object distinction. You folks remember that. talked about the, 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 the way we see God is the object. We're the subject. We're in pursuit of God. Um, and I use that uh, the, the, as a metaphor, as an example. I use what we're seeing uh, is these bumper stickers that are everywhere. Try God, you know, and, uh, and it, it's like God is the object. You know, if, if you've got a headache, try some Tylenol. If you, you know, if, you, uh, if you're, if you're uh, wanting to lose weight, try, try exercise. You know, there's always this try this you do not possess already. And and so the subject-object distinction is God is the object and we're the subject. We're in pursuit of this. Even in the way we, we think about our faith and our religion, we try religion. Religion is a solution that we may have. God is the solution to the problem we may, we may have. And that's the way it begins. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just that's the way we begin. But if that's where we end, then it is a problem. Because what we find in Scripture is God always flips it. Jesus always flips it. Jesus refuses to or excuse me, the object. And if you've noticed, every time praise is given to him as the hero, every time he's, he's trying to be lifted up, he pre- brings himself down. Every time people try to push him to the forefront, he pulls himself back. Upside down way of doing things that is oftentimes described by theologians as the kingdom of heaven. And the way that it's viewed is it's always a backwards way of doing things. It's all, it's, if you think it's this, it's not that. Which is why, as you see at the very end of this, the first who are last and the last who are first, it's, it's always the reverse. Jesus refuses to be the object. And not entirely, because there's this sort of like, come on in, yes, see me as the object, solution to your problems, and then I'm going to turn it back on you. And that's where it becomes uncomfortable. I've often used this, I've said, you know, I stole it from somebody years ago, but it's the same. Um, we want to read the scriptures, right? But when we read the scriptures, the scriptures must read us. And at that moment, we become the object, meaning this. When God is reading us, when scripture is reading us, 
to reveal things within us, motivations that are not quite right. Things and patterns of behavior that we are using that begin to surface something that, oh, I see. I don't, I'm not sure I like what I see here. Uh, or, oh my goodness, this is a positive thing about me, but I've tried to, I don't, I don't want to live in that because it requires risk and I don't like risk or it requires uh, me and, and I'm not sure I want to go there. And so we read the Bible, we go to faith, we go to religion, we go to God, and then the thing reverses and it comes back to us. And it's, you've heard me say before, when we pray and we ask God, God, would you meet the, the, the need of this person over there? What do you suspect, the, uh, if you really listen, what do you suspect you're going to hear from God? Maybe God asks thing. Hey, Joel, would you go meet that need over there? Think about the disciples when they, and many of you have heard the story, it's a very popular story, but uh, they come to Jesus and they say, look, we, you know, the crowds have been following us. They're hungry. You, you got, we've got to feed them. And, and what we have to do is really send them out so that they can go find food. And, and, and what does Jesus do? <laughs> he says, you feed them. Right? Dang it. Every time we follow God, somehow it ends up on God reverses it. Why? Because it's Christ in you, Christ in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's Christ in you. So this young, rich ruler who comes to Jesus and says, good teacher, and Jesus starts to turn the attention back on him. <laughs> Very uncomfortable. But he passes the test. Oh, yeah, I've kept all the commandments. You, 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 oh, I've, done, I've done it all. I've, yes, 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 yes to all the commandments. And Jesus cleverly leaves out the one, one of the commandments. You see, he left. But one of them that he left out was, you shall not covet. And so then Jesus says, go sell everything. And the young man is caught. Now, the one thing I, I want to bring this next movement, this next section. So this is the first statement we look at is this statement about um, uh, the, the rich young ruler coming to Jesus and saying, good teacher. And Jesus turning the attention back on him. And the second is... When Jesus says uh, it is easier for the camp, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter uh, the kingdom of God, than for a rich man, right? This is a, it, it, Jesus deepens this because at this point, everybody's watching, everybody's seeing this and saying, oh, what's going on here? There's a couple of things that need to be said to clarify. Uh, what is happening in terms of why then do the disciples ask Jesus or say to Jesus, if it is harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven, than it is for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Uh, who can be saved? Right? That's what the disciples respond with. That is, does not make any sense to any of us today. It, it shouldn't. If it does, then uh, um, I, you, you might have a better understanding of the ancient world. 
if you don't have an understanding of the ancient world, you would not understand what this meant. You would th- see yourself as being, well, if he's talking about the rich, thank God, because I'm not rich. He's saying it's harder for the rich to enter the kingdom. I'm not one of them. I'm Peter. I'm a fisherman. Right? I'm a disciple. I'm not, I'm, we, I'm, phew, I'm glad I'm not the one he's talking about. That should have been the reaction. But why is it that they say, then who can be saved? Particularly in a world where there, only the, there was only two, not that anybody of, any of us in America can relate to this, but there were two classes of people, the rich and the poor. But the ultra-rich and the extreme poor, not middle class. So, um, it, super rich people, this is who Jesus is speaking about, the, and they were the, the 1%. 99% of the people were not that way. And so, shouldn't the 99 have said, thank God we're not among them? But the ancient world, particularly the Jewish people, um, you know, all people saw it this way. Uh, but for the Jewish people, the way they saw it was, um, pronounced, really pronounced, that God blesses those people who are his favorites with wealth. Are among the favored, you have wealth. If you are somehow, you've done better. You're, you've got a heritage, not you individually, but your family tree has been good, has been faithful to God. Then you are the recipient of God's blessing for family tree. You with me so far? So wealth, blessing, favor, godliness, they're all kind of together in this package. This is why this is confusing to the disciples. Who, by the way, has been faithful to the commandments of God? He's a good dude. Even Jesus' heart is compassionate towards him. Like, Jesus loved him. He's a good guy. He wants to do well. And the disciples are, are, are watching this and they're saying, well, clearly he's favored. Clearly he's blessed by God. He's got a family tree of wonderful people who have passed on this, this, this goodness. And, and then there's us who are the. And that is very much how the people, uh, the, the religious people saw the, 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 the Jewish people. There are a few who were holy and righteous and many who were sinners. And that is the reason why we're under the oppression of we're not free yet. And so they're looking at this and they're saying, well, then if that guy who is good and who has been blessed by God cannot make it to, into the kingdom of heaven, then we're all pretty much, you know, going to get there either. Um, so the second thing that needs to be clarified is what is meant by the kingdom of God? What is meant by the phrases kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, this present age, and the age to come? That's used in the passage we were just reading. Okay, so first of all, the kingdom of God was understood by the Jewish, by the ancient Jewish people, and there were different theories. So this is just a general overview. There are many as there are today. People are just as complex in their thinking, just as sophisticated just as theological as we are today. And so, um, but in general, what they were looking at was there was coming a time where according to the prophets of the Old Testament, going to free Israel from her oppression through the process of purifying her and then purifying the temple and then raising up a Messiah, a deliverer, who 
Pharaoh, the oppressor, and then through that would then elevate Israel back to her former glory, being a wealthy, uh, very successful in all sorts of ways kind of nation. And the other nations in peace, but rule them. This was their understanding of what the kingdom of God meant. So when Jesus says to the rich young ruler, sell everything so that you will have treasure in we would assume today, because of the theology that's been in the last hundred years, we would assume that, that meant that there, we're going to heaven. That's our ultimate destination. And so we're putting banking money up there so that when we get up there, we will have saying whatever, however we want to understand it. God would somehow bless us even more because we've stored it up in the heavens. That's how we understand it. That's not how they understood it. They understood it as if I sell now, then when comes, which hopefully will be by this man, Jesus, Messiah, because he appears to be a revolutionary. He appears to be the next guy that's going to try to do this and overthrow Rome. Then when he's in power, maybe then I'll get it back to me. It's an investment. So the rich young man says he can't do that because he's got, he, he, he's got a lot. And it's very, and he can't even conceive of getting rid of all of that. But if you're the rich young man, maybe that's what you're thinking. And certainly Peter and the apostles, the disciples are thinking that. Because then what we see next happen is that they, Peter says, we have given up everything to follow you. Uh, essentially, the question is, what's in it for us? What's in it for us? We've given everything up for you. We've sold everything. We've given a rich young man to do. So when you set up your kingdom, are we going to get those blessings too? Are you going to give us that? If th then, right? If then, of these things, then will we have what we think you're going to bless us with? Hey, you know, if, if I can just... Uh, do all of these things, then, then maybe, maybe I will be blessed. It's always off the future. And so it was with the disciples, but they were hoping it was the near future. If we invest now, if we've sold everything, if we've given up everything to follow you, Jesus, will you favor us when your kingdom is established, when you become king over Israel, and now you are in charge, you've overthrown Rome, we're in power again. Will we get to rule alongside of you? Will we be blessed? Will we be favored by God? So all of this is at play. And then. Uh, you can even see it in Mark and the way he's laying this out. Remember, we said that Mark is broken up into three sections. The first section is Jesus in Galilee, right? Jesus in Galilee doing all kinds of things. What's the that Mark is playing with? He's a revolutionary. He's gathering from the outskirts, not in Jerusalem, where he can make where the eyes of Rome are really focused. <laughs> he's he's out in the outskirts. He's he's gathering his peeps. He's gathering a, 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 mil, a mil. He's going. He's preparing. Right. And then what's the next section? We're in it right now. Eight through ten. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. This is like oh boy, we're getting close. And the third section is Jesus. 
And so uh, this is the mindset that, that Mark is playing off of. But that's why this last section is such the punch of the story, of, of the message that Jesus is trying to get. This last section, Jesus says to them, I'm going to read it again because it's so, so good. Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much where in the kingdom of heaven in heaven which is up there in the sky somewhere where i'm going no he says in this present age and then he brings homes brothers sisters mothers children fields and then he inserts in here this troubling phrase, along with persecutions. And then he continues, not only in this present age, but in the age to come, eternal life. So this is, this is the now. And in this present moment, you will have all of these things. Now, interestingly enough, if you follow on and you read in the book of Acts, it does not look like they have those things. It looks like they have the persecutions. That's but what about all of this blessing? Where is it? And that is because we might be thinking in terms of the way they would have thought, which is once we get past the stage, then all these wonderful things will be ours. Jesus is trying to get them to pay attention to is that you already have things, you already have blessings. Your if-then mindset is keeping you from seeing what you have right now in the, the ways that you are being blessed right now. See, if you wait until the future for then you finally feel hope, for you to finally feel joy, for you to finally feel at peace, that day will never and it leads you to act in ways that are less than good. And that's what was happening for many of the, many of the, uh, of the ancient Jews, and particularly those in, in positions of power. It was, we're blessed with these resources, so clearly we're God's favored people, and we have to keep that going, and we have to keep favored, and we have to keep increasing our wealth, and we have to keep doing these things as part of the mechanism or the way that we will finally not only feel of what we need, but also maybe then bring about the final kingdom of God on this earth. And Jesus is pointing out that there are poor. In fact, that's a lot of the focus of Jesus is that there are poor people right here, right now. And because of your way of thinking, because of this if-then mindset, you are forgetting the people that are right around you that need your care and your love. Not only are you forgetting justice, but because you're forgetting, you're also failing to experience this hundredfold blessing in the present. And you know what I mean by that. When you have served and done something good for other people, that's been from a place of genuine love and affection, that's been from 
of seeing and really believing that this is the better way, what happens to you? How many of you have ever said, I feel so wealthy, so rich, even though my finances are not reflective of that? How many feel rich in relationship this morning? As you think about the people that are in your lives, we are rich. We are wealthy, blessed because of what we have now. But it takes faith to see that. It takes faith to see that the kingdom of heaven is right here. This present age is right here. And so Jesus is asking the rich young ruler, can you step into doing justice right here, right now? Rather than this if-then, that everything is off in the future, your joy, your sustenance, your satisfaction, your, uh, your safety, your significance, all of that. No, it's right here in this moment. And it is accessed by living in a different way. And it is living not in the future, but living in the present, seeing the justice that needs to come right here, right now, doing to be done right here, right now, and then recognizing the wealth that comes from doing those things right here and right now. I think about our situation and bring it in present right now in this moment. How many of us struggle? And if you don't, boy, I, I can't relate to you. How many struggle with the if-then regarding COVID-19? I struggle with it. Of us do, unless we're burying our head in the sand. It is a difficult struggle. <laughs> if-then. Oh, man, once COVID's over, whew, once they have a then. All right. And I'm not talking about planning. There's a planning that has to be done. If we get past this, then this, then that's all planning. I'm talking about the disposition of your heart. I'm talking about where hope is. I'm talking about where, where your joy lies. Because these are things that get to the deeper needs of our soul. Our need for that, for that sense of safety, sustenance, security, significance, all these, all these needs that we have that are often mixed with the reason why I don't feel at peace. That's the reason why I don't feel joy. That's the reason why I don't feel very loving. And, and, and so we get caught in that, COVID-19. We get caught in it, the issue, and I, I do very much the building that we're trying to sell. Like, what's happening with that? Well, it's listed. <laughs> That's about all I can say. I wish there was more that was happening, but it's not. We've had a significant uh, reduction of sales in the, in the commercial uh, space. And it's been brutal because of what's happened with COVID-19. And so I find myself sometimes like, oh, I can't wait till that's done. <laughs> can't wait till that's off of, uh, off of our, uh, our minds. Next, what are we going to do next? What's going to happen next? And again, there's planning that has to be done. And it's good. But then there's, where's the hope? And am I losing myself in trying to get to that place of peace rather than recognizing it is already present within me? See, the thing is, it's not just some, some not feel-good message. This is about like, if we don't live from the place of love, joy, peace right here in the present moment, then the way we behave is less than human oftentimes. We do 
mistreat our, uh, we, we forget our relationships because we're in this pursuit. And so it's, it's really important to recognize when we live from a place of love, joy, peace right here in this present moment, then we can see in a, in, and then we give from that place because we already have. And when we give from that place, then we experience even more wealth and the kind of wealth that is more meaningful than just the financial wealth that oftentimes we think about. Say this and submit this to us for this morning, just to consider, to think about, to reflect on. What are you grateful for in this moment? What wealth do you have right now? Maybe you can put that in the chat feed as we together to reflect on how wealthy we really, really are in the relationships we have. Where is hope for you in this present moment? What new thing do you find God is doing? What new fruit of the spirit is developing? Do you find yourself more patient at times than you've been before? Where do you find yourself having more more hope, more peace? 